And welcome back in Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. We've made it. Second week of November. And finally, the Masters is here. It's been a long road. We've been battling through it. Kudos to the PGA Tour, the job they've been doing out there to be bringing us live golf. And I gotta I gotta admit, back in March and April, I didn't I didn't know if we were gonna see this day, of course, COVID-19 taking over the country. But here we are. It's arrived, the Masters, and we get two of them, of course, within six months. And I got to thinking, you know, who could help me talk all things Masters? And there's one guy, and I'm gonna read his bio straight from CBSSports.com. Thought it was very funny. He says Kyle Porter began his career writing for CBS Sports back in 2012. He covers golf. He writes poetry about Rory McElroy's swing. Stays ready on Tiger Watch and loves the Masters more than anyone you know. And he joins us from the grounds of Augusta National. Kyle Porter, I can't thank you enough for joining me, man. Absolutely. I, I don't. I don't know if I love the Masters more than Jim Nance, but it's it's at least neck and neck between, <laughs> between us two. Good enough for me. It just this weather, I'm nervous. It looks it looks wet. What's going on? Yeah, it's not good. You know, it's interesting because you, you, you get all this talk about like, okay, how how's it gonna play in November, seasons, the fall, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it flips back to, uh, I think what we normally talk about when we talk about sort of the weather at Augusta National, which is rain, right? And that that's mm-hmm. the thing that in April that we're always I don't know about worried about, but just thinking about talking about discussing how will it affect the tournament? Uh, you know, uh, Rory had a, a, he did an interview with Bob Herrig on ESPN.com where he was talking about how it's already pretty soft and it seems like it's just going to get softer. And and that's, you know, it it's not bad. It's just, it's the course I think will, will, if it does rain, play differently than it was originally intended to play. So, I, you know, we, we can talk about who that helps or hurts or whatever, but that part for me is a, is a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I was going to talk, I was going to tee us up with Houston, but the hell with it, right? Carlos Ortiz, he wins for the first time. Congratulations to him. We're talking about the Masters. We're moving on. <laughs> We're moving on from Houston here. We're, we are in full-blown Augusta, and, and yeah, it's going to be soft. Of course, they have the system underneath that can get the moisture out of the ground uh, to some degree. But with the amount of rain that is coming, you know, it, it kind of takes me into my model of, okay, what kind of player are we looking at here? I'll give you a few things to consider and then tell me what I'm missing. I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, the bomber, the guy that's going to hit it up in the air and carry it is going to have a big advantage. Of course, there's no rough at Augusta. So, so give me someone, Bryson, obviously, Rory, we've seen Bubba do well there, uh, that can get it up in the air and get it out there. I need I need someone that can win in the approach game, and I need some experience, of course, around the greens. What, what am I missing here? Yeah, I think that's right. You know, the guy that really sticks out in my mind, he was already going to be my pick, but the, the uh, interview that Rory did kind of solidified it, where he talked about how like the, the, the stuff around the greens this week is probably going to be trickier than in April. And to me, the, the, the profile that we're kind of describing here just screams John Rahm. You know, he's somebody who obviously he's great from tee to green, but his around the green game is is really good. It's really I don't know if it's underrated, but it's it's really strong. And I think that, you know, I, 
I, I don't know how rain is going to affect kind of the stuff around the greens. And, and maybe we, you know, it's Monday, we're overblowing everything. But to me, he really sticks out as somebody who, given all the factors that are in play that we're discussing, is is going to have a lot of success this week. Yeah, Rom, you know, you can't say under the radar, right, when you're that talented of a player and and certainly up there in the official world golf rankings, always one of the best players uh, in the world. But, you know, the conversation about Bryson has just trumped all conversation, it seems, you know, to, to some degree about what he's doing uh, with the with with his game. He is the favorite uh, coming in. You know, we haven't seen him now since Shriners. OK, so this is a long layoff. Um, you know, we talk about Tiger needing reps. You know, we talk about these layoffs. You know, you come back, you show some rust. We've seen it with a lot of players. Does the layoff for Bryson concern you at all as he arrives on grounds this week? Uh, no. And, and here's the reason. The, the reason for me with Bryson is because this is sort of like he, he's not he's not like taking time off because like, like Dustin Johnson took time off because he had COVID, right? Like he, mm -hmm. that wasn't the plan. This is Bryson's plan. This is like what he wants to do. You know, like this is what he's trying to do is to prepare for Augusta by, I don't know, beating balls in his living room or w whatever he's doing. And so it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily concern me because it, it it was not un unplanned if that makes sense adam scott took time off it was unplanned he got COVID. you know there are all these guys tiger has to take time off not necessarily because he wants to but because his body won't allow him to play so with bryson because it's planned i i think it, i think that gives you some like confidence some mental like awareness going into augusta that Hey, this is all part of my plan. I was hibernating. This is my my podcast partner Rick Gaiman. He 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 says he's been hibernating for the for the winter at Augusta, and uh, I I just yeah I think that is part of kind of what his his plan is is going to be for for playing the Masters this year. Yeah, he was uh, t twenty nine last year, t thirty eight in two thousand eighteen. So he hasn't exactly figured out Augusta National, but this is a completely different Bryson DeChambeau, as we know. Uh, coming into this, as we saw at the U.S. Open, just uh, obliterating Wingfoot. Is it is it too much risk to to take on? Do you feel this is a player that is not afraid to take on risk with his game, as we've seen? Is it too much? Do you think to put a forty-eight inch driver in play this week? Uh, well, we still haven't seen it. It's Monday, the Masters, and he still hasn't broken it out. By the way, speaking of breaking things, breaking news, Sergio Garcia out of the Masters this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he has COVID. He withdrew. Um, yeah, we still haven't seen the 48-inch driver, which is crazy, but... Like, is he going to put it in play on Thursday? Is he going to wait till the weekend? <laughs> is, it a, is it a Sunday thing? I, I just... I, I don't... I don't think it's too much risk because Augusta National is so wide open. If this was a U.S. Open, I'd be more leery, although, you know, what he did worked there as well. So um, I, I just I think Augusta, the, there, there's it allows you to um, it, it allows you to it. You can miss all over the place there and still yeah. be. I mean, Phil Mickelson's won three Masters. Like that's sort of the point here. <laughs> and and so with Bryson, I just I don't think the risk with the forty-eight inch driver is is really too much to take on. That's fantastic. Phil Mickelson has won <laughs> three Masters. <laughs> You're speaking of spraying it all over the place, right? Um, you know, 
Did I did I see right? You were you were researching using Google Earth to analyze where where he might hit some shots here and how Bryson might play this golf course. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely use Google Earth to. Um, <laughs> what you find? Well, he's gonna have. There, it seems like there's only two holes that he's got more than I don't know eight iron on. So he's gonna have more than eight iron probably on four, which is 240 yards. And then probably on eight, which is kind of up the, the par five up the hill. Um, other than that, it's going to be eight iron, nine iron, and a bunch of wedges. And that's crazy. And, and, and he's sort of achieving what he's set out to do, which is to eliminate one aspect of the game, long iron play. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's we, can have, we can talk for hours about whether that's good or bad or whatever, but it's, it's his goal, and, and he, he's kind of doing it right now. You know, I'm looking at the odds right now. You know, you, you brought up Rom. You know, I find it, you know, I mean, Rom obviously is certainly one of the favorites here, but I do find it interesting that John Rom, Justin Thomas right now, plus 1,000 on what I'm looking at, uh, is more of a favorite than, than DJ. I mean, DJ, to me, is the best player in the world, and he's my pick to win. I mean, DJ getting slighted here a little bit. I mean, he, he showed a little rust early in Houston, but here he comes. He almost, you know, he won that tournament. He almost won the tournament last week in Houston. Ortiz played great on Sunday. But, uh, I mean, DJ gets COVID, goes down. But this guy's been rolling with three wins. What am I missing with DJ behind Rom and JT? Yeah, I think that it's a little bit of the unknown kind of helping Rom out in terms of the odds. So Rom's only played in what, probably three masters. I think he's finished top 10 in the last two. DJ has been in it so many times and you're kind of like, I know he finished tied for second last year, but he's never, it's never really felt like, Oh, DJ is going to win the masters. And so there's this, there's this sense of like, Oh, well, DJ, uh, when you add him being out a little and the fact that he's never really thrived there and, and kind of look at, well, with Rom, like we think he's going to be really good there. We haven't seen a ton, but what we've seen is great. I think that's sort of why Rom is a little bit ahead of DJ right now. Yeah, Rom uh, was T27, 2018, fourth in, let's see, no, he was 2017, he was T27, 2018, fourth, and then T9 last year. DJ... He kind of felt like Dustin um, was figuring some things out here the last couple of years. You know, T10 in 2018, tied for second um, last year, and and playing great golf. I feel like peak DJ when he is focused in all systems go is the best player in the world. He's my pick. Let me ask you this. Let me throw something at you here. Bigger surprise this year what would be the bigger surprise kepka misses the cut or female wins the green jacket uh that's a good question um i think i'd be more surprised if if female won the green jacket <laughs> my man female i mean you know gosh tony i go i i have this relationship with tony female i've never met him i know his coach boyd summer Hayes really well and I am Tony's biggest fan, right? Like how he didn't win waste management this year. Kyle is beyond me. I have no idea how he didn't win that tournament. Um, and he's an underachiever, right? Let's say it. I mean, he's only got one win um, to this point on the PGA Tour. Jim Herman has three. Finau has <laughs> one. And you look at Finau, and it's classic Finau, right? T5 last year, T10 in 2018. Played it twice, two top tens. You know, his game's never that far off. He's got the length, good iron player. I think his putting's improved. 
it's all there, right? You look at it, it's there, this course for him to win, and uh, yet he, he he's probably going to come up, what, T9, you think? He'll be there on Sunday and just kind of fade away a little bit, or well, you think yeah, he, you it, think he can do this thing? Well, it's it's, I mean, how hard is it to get your first... You know, Puerto Rico is an opposite field of, or it was an opposite field event when when he won it. Mm-hmm. To get your first like full field PGA Tour win at the Masters is, it, it, I, I don't know. He, he's such <laughs> a it, he's such a conundrum because he's so talented and so good. And you watch him and you're like, oh, this guy's got like seven wins. And statistically, he should have seven wins based on how he he plays from tee to green, and he just doesn't. So I, I don't know. To me, it, it doesn't seem like the the first like the first big one is going to be at Augusta National for Finau. I hope it is. I think it'd be great. Yeah. And he's played he's played awesome there. I mean, even in 18, his first one when he you know almost broke his ankle, uh he goes out in and top 10s and you're like, this is I mean, it, it it's it's you know, for him and DJ Bryce, it's a par 68, 69. It's just not a it's it doesn't play to to kind of what it does for guys like I don't know Zach Johnson or, or whoever. So it, it, it's I don't think it will happen, but I'm with you. It would be it would be awesome if it did. I mean, this is a year now since we flipped the schedule that Stuart Sink won at the age of 47 at Safeway. Yeah. Um, we are talking about a year where Martin Laird comes back with his condition uh, wins at the Shriners. Brian Gay missed nine of 10 cuts coming into Bermuda and he wins. And then uh, Carlos Ortiz gets his first win at Houston. So we are like on this run here. Oh, and, and Hudson Swafford, who was playing on the web dot or the corn Ferry tour goes into Corrales and win. I don't know. It's kind of a weird stretch, you know, right now, since this, uh, this season flipped um, at Safeway, the wraparound season. So you come into this year, you know, you're going to get the big names up there. That's the thing about Augusta, right? We're going to have a great leaderboard. We know that. I'm worried about Kepka a little bit. I mean, you know, for those that have been on the grounds at Augusta, this is not an easy course to, to walk. I think he's in pain. Um, you know, he he's obviously talented enough to to compete and play well as he did in Houston. But I don't know, man. I think I'm fading Kepka. Am I, am I wrong? No. Well, you know, his Houston finish was good, but if you look at at, at his stats there. He really putted it great, yeah. and that's that's you know, as you know, week to week that can change a lot. I, I don't, I, I I can't in good faith look at Kepka and say, man, he's gonna have a great week. Uh, I, I just think that the last eighteen months the results haven't been there. He's been up and down. Now I will say he's won fourteen times worldwide since two thousand twelve, and in eight of those wins, the the tournament right before he finished in the top ten, and and he's not. He's not necessarily a top 10 machine. You know, he, he finishes in top 10 a lot, but he does sort of have this tell in the tournament prior to when he wins where he plays pretty well. Now, I would argue that in most of those, he was probably hitting it a lot better than he is right now. But I, I'm with you. There's too many guys that are playing so much better than he is that you look at the name, you look at the four majors. It seems like an easy pick, but I, I just I, I don't see it this week. Let's go to our first time. Um, players here, guys that are showing up on the field, names that we recognize. What do you give the better chance here? You got Matthew Wolf, you've got uh, Scotty Scheffler, you got Corin, or, uh, Colin Morikawa, Cameron Champ, no Victor Hovland. Wolf, Scheffler, Morikawa, Champ. Give me a name or two that, um, you know, you would play, chance to win, but, you know, hey, a top 20 would certainly be in reason. Well, I, I think that 
you know, I think this year is really interesting for first-time guys in that, you know, we haven't seen a first-timer win since uh, Fuzzy Zeller 40 years ago. And that's because of how unique and just this tournament is so different than everything else that these guys play. And I think that you've got a unique set of circumstances here in which there's no patrons, right? There's no... Uh, there's not the buzz that there, or there won't be the buzz on the grounds that there normally is. And so I think you've got an opportunity for, for guys like Matthew Wolf and Colin Morikawa who have been playing in the final pairings at these majors when Colin Morikawa wins the PGA championship. I think they have a real chance to win. I think Matthew Wolf could win the masters. Now, uh, will he, I probably not because, you know, you could say that about anybody will probably not win, but I think he has a better chance than, uh, most first timers over the last, you know, 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah. It's interesting. Like you, Morikawa is, is such a solid player as we know. Um, I was so like I, the gap for me with Morikawa above Wolf and Hovland and Scheffler was big coming into the season. And of course he wins the PGA, but you know, Scheffler has, I don't know if surprise is the word, but it's, it's, it's really impressive what Scotty Scheffler has put together and the consistency. And I think Matthew Wolf has shown a ton of maturity as well. I would have been, you know, Wolf's last two events, um, you know, he's really struggled off the tee all of a sudden here. That's scaring me a little bit. Um, he's got to win with the driver as far as he hits it, you know, and hitting it out there a long ways. None of these guys are scared. Um, but I, I think I would give Wolf the edge over Morikawa to this point, and I, I couldn't even imagine myself saying that at the beginning of the year, especially after the PGA. Yeah, you're, you're saying Wolf over Morikawa in general, or or specifically? I, I think this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably right, just because of you know the emphasis on driving at, at Augusta, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that you know Morikawa is not short, but um wolf is like really long and so you know i think wolf i think the thing with wolf and and you know i thought this at, at wingfoot he played pretty well but his short game is just not up to where it it should be or i think eventually will be um and that can get you into a lot of trouble around Augusta national you miss in the wrong spot and all of a sudden you make double where you should have made a birdie you know the the there's different scenarios like that. I, I think I think Morikawa is a little tidier when it comes to short game stuff, so that that would be one concern, especially yeah. with Rory, with Rory talking about how, um, you know, chipping and 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 stuff around the green is going to be a little more difficult this year. So that that that's the only thing with Wolf that I have a little pause. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Who plays better this week, Jordan Spieth or Tiger Woods? Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs. Use of high-density particles and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products 
that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. Uh, oof. <laughs> Man. I think probably Spieth, which sounds crazy. Um, Tiger's not in good form. I mean, Spieth obviously isn't either. I, Spieth, Spieth never finished worse than T21 at the Masters, which is crazy. Like, especially with, with how he's struggled over the last couple of years, he still has kind of willed himself around at that place. Tiger has as well. I mean, that's the story of his career, right? Yeah. That's how good he's been at Augusta National. Uh, that's a really good one. I would not want to bet that match. <laughs> right? I hope it is. Spieth or Tiger? Um, God, I mean, let's face it with Tiger. I mean, you're just... You're you're just throwing something at the wall there, right? I mean, you're just tigers. There's no data to support betting tiger at all, and there's very little um, with Spieth. And the and the only reason you would is based off of previous performances. They know how to play this golf course. It's crazy though. You look at you know Spieth has the same odds as Wolf right now, plus four thousand to win. That's silly. And Hideki Matsuyama plus four thousand. That's that's silly too. I I don't I don't love Hideki at majors. It, it's like man, getting contention on a Sunday one time, you know. Um, it, he just hasn't done it. Although you know, you watch him at Houston, you're like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna be great at Augusta. I, I just I, I he's another guy. You go into the week, and I, I'm never like, oh, this is Hideki. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe yeah. maybe that'll happen eventually. I hope it does. I love his game. He seems great. Um, but yeah, I think going back to Tiger real quick because we got to touch on it. it it's, you know, the, th- the 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 case to be made for him, the path for him is he's smarter than everybody else at Augusta and and generally, uh, and he's he's very wise around that place. I mean, I was thinking back. You, you look back at last year's tournament. It's not like he burned it down coming home. You know, he 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 played the he played the second nine. I think one under. And you're like, okay, that's that's fine. But he just didn't he didn't have the misses. He knew where to miss on, on the on the backside at, at the very end. And everybody else either didn't or couldn't or whatever. And it kind of just broke his way. So I think that I think you know, you don't have to be physically like locked in um for, for that to for, like for what I just described to be true. Now you have to get to that point. And I think that's where um, you know, from T to green, it's just not there. And and it just hasn't been. But if he gets to a Saturday or a Sunday, he can kind of mentally guide himself around that place in a way that other guys just can't. Yeah, it's true. At some point you got to make some putts though. I mean, he he's finished in the positive stroke team putting twice this year. You know, he hasn't played a lot. I get that. But um, you know, his ball striking hasn't been great, but gosh, his putting is just eroded, you know, and since his win um but it's tiger woods you know you you just you can't completely rule him out they can get around that golf course and back to spieth quickly i you know as much as spieth continues to struggle off the tee and his ball striking and it's this wild roller coaster ride the guy can still score i mean he still somehow figures out ways to scrap and find but you know that's as we know that's you, you can't live by that um at some point you can't be hitting balls out of bounces and, and just spraying it all over the place um, with your driver. So it's an interesting bet, Spieth and Tiger, but you just look at these odds and it's just crazy that, you know, Tiger plus 3,500, uh, Spieth plus 4,000 at this point. These things change, of course, but they're saying Tiger and Jordan have a better chance to win than Adam Scott, than Justin Rose, than 
Matthew Fitzpatrick. So, you know, there's some names there. Yeah, you probably agree with that. Jason Day's at 5,000 staring me in the face. Please tell me to fade Jason Day. Please tell me to fade <laughs> Jason Day. T5 last year, T20 2018. He splits with he splits with Colin Swatton earlier in the year, his longtime coach. All of a sudden, like Jason Day has found a little bit of an approach game, you know? And yeah, yeah. like that's his knock. We know he's great around the greens. We know he's one of the best putters. But he goes into he fe- kind of feels like he's figuring out Augusta a little bit. He's showing some form. Um, plays good at Houston. Tell me to fade Jason Day, please. <laughs> Well, I, you know, his, he's, he has a weird kind of statistical profile and and you go back to when he was just, I mean, he won what, eight times in, I don't know, 15 months or something silly. And he was the best putter in the world. uh, But he was also a really great driver of the ball at that, at that time. The, I think what's weird about him is the approach game is it's never been bad, but it's never been like JT or, you know, Rory good um and so if he does if he is hitting his I haven't looked at his his numbers over the last couple of months but if he if his approach numbers are 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 you know thriving or are 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 good then I think there is actually a case to be made for him here because he's a great driver and because he's uh historically been such a good putter now he's a he's a weird guy because the the putting um you know we talk about how it comes and goes and yet for him it seems like it stays for these long stretches like three three years in a row is the best putter in the world and and he's regained that a little he's not the best putter in the world right now uh but he's he's certainly been better um so i don't know i think he's i think he's that t5 last year by the way that was like the quietest top five at a master's ever him and Webb Simpson both finishing T five, and I didn't. I don't even know if I remember a single shot that he. It's funny you say that because I was going through the stats and I was like, oh, and you know, I'm trying to find data to fade Jason Day, and of course, there's a, now there's a T five looking at me in the face from last year. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Jason Day finished T five last yeah. year. You're right. That's a good point about this run that he can get on, and he got on it early. You know, I, I said he, you know, when he split with his coach. He goes seventh at Workday, fourth at Memorial, sixth at WGC, fourth at the PGA. I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? I mean, he he finds the approach game. He's in the positive for five straight weeks. Then he loses it a little bit there in August. But now all of a sudden, like, he played good at at Houston. Very solid. Didn't put the lights out like we'll see from time to time, but finished seventh. If he did, he may have won it. Man, I, I tell you, you know, you play fantasy golf a little bit, I think as well. And, and, you know, a few bets here and there. And like, there's always those players that everybody's got those players, right. That kind of burn you from time to time. And like, I I ask people to tell me to fade them and then I don't, and then I play them and, you know, I'm looking at, you know, miscut here or something, but hey, Jason day um, (laughs) is a really, really interesting person. I think coming in to the masters, we know he knows how to win when he gets it going. He's not afraid. Um, of the moment and he's showing some signs there. What it, give me a name that we haven't mentioned. Is there any that you're, you've been kind of thinking about that we haven't mentioned uh, like a Patrick Reed or that you're kind of like, you know, maybe not to win, but watch out for this guy. You never know if things, if things kind of fall his way, who, who, who is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good, I mean, you know, we, you could always throw Xander in there. Xander's kind of weird because he's a little like a decky for me. I never go into the week thinking, Oh, Xander's week. 
And yet he always finishes T7, T9, T4, T3, whatever. He he, uh, he finished T2 last year, I guess, with alongside Kepka and, and uh, Dustin Johnson. Patrick Cantlay is somebody who, you know, historically he's played Augusta pretty well. I think he was low AM back in 2012 yeah. or something like that. Uh, kind of touched the lead last year after opening 73-73. Uh, he was either, I think he was tied for the lead or maybe solo lead on uh like late in the day on sunday you know at, at kind of at the very end there so and and he's coming off a win uh at the what did he win zozo yep uh, yep zozo so he's he, i think he's intriguing i think bubba's kind of intriguing mm-hmm. you know and and he was getting a little buzz for the way he was playing out in california and, and it, it, i think it's a little overstated um just because you go back and look at when he won in i think he won in 2012 and 2014 he was playing really at like a top five level in the world and he's not he's playing bet I, I think we're looking at kind of what he's been doing and saying oh well, he's playing great well no he, he's just playing better than he has been over the last three years he's not at a you know top really even like a top 15 right. or top 20 level in the world so he could still win but it's not it's not going to be necessarily because he's playing uh as as like a top guy and uh, uh you know in the, you know in as the i as golf. i run this model here i a name that keeps popping up um is there's two names that keep popping up one is jason kokrak who won earlier for the first time you know if you start <laughs> looking at the distance and you know, you can yeah. kind of fall into that. Can he, you know, his, his weakness is certainly around the greens. Um, he's, you know, not a great short game player. So can he do enough there and with the putter? Um, you know, another name is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Why does that name keep coming up in my model? Um, you know, a terrific putter. How about Bryson and Fitzpatrick final day on Sunday? <laughs> I know, and that's the thing, right? It's it, it's it seems like he should just get eviscerated by the DJs and the and, and the Brysons and and those kind of guys. But he, you know, he hits his irons really well. And when he's on putting, I go back to uh, Memorial Week. You know, he played he, he uh, John Rahm won, but Fitzpatrick was great. Now, I I don't love him just because so much of it is built yeah. on the short game, which is not necessarily sustainable but he's played well here before i think he finished top 10 three three or four years ago um so i don't know he's intriguing i i wish he was more like 80 or 90 to one instead of 60 yeah well i'm going with dj Uh, that's my pick this year to win the masters and it sounds like the winner of the 2020 masters for you is john Uh, it's gonna be john rom john rom yep I'm uh, I picked him for Wingfoot as well, so maybe don't listen to me. But uh, it just is he, he's got such a complete yeah. game. You know, when we talk about when we talk about guys without holes, you know, it's it's Xander, it's Rom, it's um, that DJ is probably up there, and he just he just doesn't have holes. And you know, if 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 for him, if if his around the green play and and putter is on, I think he's going to thrive and and. Uh, contend to win his first major final thing here a little rapid fire questions to finish out the pod you ready for this masters edition what was uh, previously located on the land where augusta national was built yes fruitland nurseries one for one who has won the most masters jack Jack nicholas six who is the youngest masters champion 
Uh, Tiger Woods. Jordan Speed. Yep, just who uh who made the most birdies in a single round at the Masters? It, it is. Anthony Kim. I would have not got that right looking that up. Yeah, it was Anthony Kim. Well, well done. Who is the only player to lose in a playoff twice at the Masters? Oh, um, it's not Justin Rose. I think ben it might Hogan. have been Arnold Palmer. Yeah, oh, Ben okay. Hogan. Well, I can't thank you enough, Kyle, for uh, taking the time to jump on the Stripe Show podcast. Have a great week. Good luck to John Rom and uh, and 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 stay dry, my friend. <laughs> It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket and DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a shot at a $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code Travis. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stand at the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme download the DraftKings app now and use code travis during sign up this week DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at a one million dollar top prize that's code travis and you can get a free shot at a one million dollar top prize only at DraftKings. minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details